space. What endless mystery. Look at it. Wow. Who do dare uncover its secrets? The brave crew of the starship Cavalier do dare to scout the heavens, to see some moons, to take a dangerous galaxy trip. This is the true story of them that voyage among, oh, these, those stars of space. Tonight's episode is Future Days of Present Past Starring Christopher Hastings as Dr. Dewey Carly Minardo as Vestavia Tim Platt as Gelmir Lysander Guest starring Ryan North as Carlzoid Frontstuff And Joe Lepore as Everything and Everyone Else We open on the galactic observation deck of the CSS Cavalier, where our intrepid crew goes to view the majesty of the cosmos. However, sometimes there's no supernovas or ring planets to see, and it's just the void of space with some basic distant stars. But perhaps wonders will come from the thrilling exploits of our crew. I hope. Who do we see? You see a slightly older man with what I like to call the Dr. Wily from Mega Man haircut. A shiny bald dome with gray, wild shocks of hair thrust out from the sides of his head. He wears a lab coat over a disgustingly loud Hawaiian shirt and khaki shorts. And he also has a saber, a sword, buckled to his belt. He's scribbling furiously in a quasitronic notebook. And that one could be a son? That one could be a son, too! That might be a son over there. As he's just looking at every single individual of the billions of stars that are visible at that particular angle. Next to him is a 23-year-old heartthrob, Gelmir Lysander. Tall, dark hair, with a scar across his face. He has a notebook, and he is looking up into the sky. Is that one, Pisces? I don't get it. Is that one Pisces? I don't know. These don't look like fish. They just look like stars. Finally, you see a bewitching young woman. She has yellow spaghetti hair piled high (laughs) on top of her little head with her tiny little face right smack dab in the middle of it. She is wearing a bewitching powder blue gown that she has made herself, thank you very much, and freshly shined boots. She is buckled and buttoned to the bejesus, and she is gliding her way over to the observation window until she sees... Gelmir Lysander, oh no, the very personage that she shared a smooch with? Ugh. She tries to go undetected to the other side of the window. Vestavia, make a feelings roll. It's a raging success! Great. Vestavia, despite there being only three of you on this deck, <laughs> uh, your powers of camouflage serve you well, and Gelmir only thinks it's him and Dewey. Hey, uh, Dewey, um, Dr. Dewey. Yes, Gilmer, Lysander. It's me, Dr. Thomas Dewey. So my fiance Meredith says I keep on giving her Pisces energy, and I don't know what that means. I know it's a constellation, so I've been looking up here trying to find the Pisces, but I, I can't see it. You know holes and stuff, and fish have holes between their gills, I guess. So d- do you know where Pisces is? Gilmer, Gilmer, Gilmer. <laughs> now listen. I may be but a simple, trained 
medical doctor and not something as learned as an astrologist. But one thing I think I do know is that the shape of the constellations, which create our very personalities based on which ones are visible in the sky when we're born, um, have to do with their space relative to Earth. Remember Earth? We're very far from it. Oh, I'm never going to understand why she says I have Pisces energy, even though it's only my rising sign. Gelma, I think out here you make your own constellations. Look, that one could be a gun. <laughs> and he just, he points at a cluster of stars that, um, and again, there's no light pollution out here. There right. are so many stars. <laughs> you could draw any shape you want. Look, and that one could be a packet of Pocky. I saw that one, yes. And that one could be one Pocky. And that one could be the, the bag when you open the Pocky that's in the box and there's a few like sort of moving around. That one looks like a Tetramino from the video game Tetris. You know, the long ones that you use to get all the points. <laughs> of course, I've read the Bible. <laughs> Vestavia can't help herself. She loves talking about what stars look like when they're lined up together. She can't help it and she points to the window and she says, and that one looks like an untied shoelace. And then she... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, Vestavia, sorry, you surprised me. I didn't see you there. Vestavia whips out a hand fan with a pretty little swish and she starts fanning herself feverishly. Oh, um, I, how ironic that I did not observe you here on our observation deck, Mr. <laughs> Lysander. Why, it is, uh, as always, an unremarkable pleasure to see you. Wow, you say something uh, that could be small really long, but that's interesting, I guess. Um, We're just looking up at the stars, trying to figure out what they could look like. And look up there, that looks like the fan you're holding. Oh, my word, it sure enough does. Why, it has the panels and lace work and everything, and even the little screw right in the middle that lets it open like so. And look, it's a little half oval over it with little half ovals between, so it looks like your face peeking over the fan. Oh my, why I should never think myself heavenly enough as to be displayed upon the stars. And she like, she she's being very coquettish with her body language. Vestavia, make a feelings roll. Um, I got, no, I failed. <laughs> Vestavia, despite your best intentions, your heart is going pitter patter. <laughs> um, oh, I must have taken too much medicine this morning. I am feeling a little peaky. What did you take? <laughs> this is very important to know. What did you take? <clears throat> oh, just, you know, um, beauty vitamins. And she's like furrowing her brow. <laughs> oh, Dr. Dewey, you, she needs your help. She sounds like a freaking metronome. <laughs> we cut to Vestavia this morning. On her bedside table is a comically large jar with a big label on it that says beauty vitamins. <laughs> Recommended dosage, eight a day. Vestavia, take us, take us. <laughs> take us, Vestavia, take your pills. We're going to make you beautiful. Give us purpose. One at a time. And the label, uh, <laughs> the the word vitamins on the label is spelled with extra letters to really, it's vitamins. Yeah, these are actually, these are actually a small race of sentient creatures, <laughs> the vitamins, who, who seek to help people medicinally. Uh, they consider it an honor to live in jars until one day they are sacrificed to aid larger beings. I consider this our sacred covenant. Down the hatch! Yay! Yay! We love this! Goodbye, family! <laughs> I'm dissolving! I'm, I'm dissolving! I'm melting! For beauty, brother! For beauty! Vestavia, your eyelashes get a little longer. <laughs> I wouldn't do it if it weren't worth it. And then she <laughs> walks out the door. We cut back. <laughs> oh, you're just taking the standard dosage of vitamins. Uh, well, perhaps I took one extra. Sometimes they cling. Oh, that's fine. They'll just make your toenails a little bit longer. Oh, well, don't let me disturb 
Y'all, especially if you're talking about your betrothed and everything, I wouldn't want to get in the middle of a betrothal or nothing. Nah, you're not. I'm really committed and would never do anything like that because I'm committed. Um, and I, Honestly, you're not interrupting <laughs> anything because turns out you can't see the horoscopes I was trying to learn about unless you're on Earth. So that's why we're making up new ones. So, I don't know, don't you all sometimes feel like out here in space... It feels like everything's at our disposal. I sometimes long for a world that's a little more traditional, conservative, where things are what they are, not there's a random groom though walking around or vitamins cry if you don't take them. Oh, well, I wouldn't say I wish that exactly, though I wouldn't mind not seeing Mr. Groomda popping up everywhere. Yeah, he's gross. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I sometimes look into this space where we can make up any constellation we want and think, I wish there were more rules. Uh, okay. Um, and Dr. Dewey points in the direction of a couple of stars. All right. So that's um, uh, that's Oceanic Prime. Uh, it's named after, after a god of uh, techno-Greek origin who became the god of the oceans. And you see him? He's standing there with his... Pentadent. It's a five-horned trident, and that's yours. <laughs> Suddenly, that's there your was guy. a priority hail on the comms panel. Surely someone on the bridge will get it, right? Somebody's gotta. Vestavia politely waits. Anyone? Anyone? Hmm. No, it seems no one's picking up on the bridge. Oh, well, I like to talk. Vestavia accepts the hail. Yoo-hoo! The comms screen springs to life, and Vestavia, before you... You see what uh, looks to be a normal human. He's got some black pants on, a vest over a T-shirt, and he is a little uh, wild-eyed, a little <laughs> high energy, high maintenance, you might say. And he says, greetings, brave crew. My name is Carl Zoid Front Stuff which is a very cool name in the far future, and I can only assume it's equally cool here because I'm from... That far future I mentioned, the year 3000. Using my time ship, I have traveled from my time to bear witness to the legends of old. In the future, we speak of the CSS Cavalier in the same odd tones we used to discuss Jason and his brave Argonauts, <gasps> Armstrong and his space plane, Earhart and her normal plane, or other various <laughs> early humans and their primitive crafts. It would bring me great joy if you would permit me to visit you, my heroes, and see you at your greatest. Of course, to protect the timeline, I can tell you little of my future, but know that by sharing your time with me, it will help future historians understand this magnificent era. Front stuff out. But he leaves the channel open. He just sits there staring. <laughs> <laughs> so, is he gone? Did he, did, is he leave? Hello? Hello? I still see him. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay. I'm here. All right. Sorry. Just you said you said out. So I just wanted to, to make sure. I thought it was like a walkie-talkie where you had to say when you were done speaking. No. No. I mean, I totally get that. Yeah. Totally get that. Um. But no. Glad to know you're here. Um. So. Yeah. Right, guys. I mean, come on. He's a fan. Like, I give him. I'm a big fan. From the future. He's from the freaking future. Get him in here. Mightn't I beam aboard? Vestavia, what do you think? I've always considered you pretty practical. Should we let them in? Oh, um, well, I mean, I suppose if, you know, a future captain thinks it's appropriate, then I have no issue. Yes, I am a captain. Oh, well, then that seems like a nice diplomatic little arrangement. Indeed. Um, Carl Zoid, uh, I guess, welcome aboard. Thank you. Um, please be me over now. <laughs> we cut to the teleportation room. Teleportation room four. Gelmir, Vestavia, and Dr. Dewey wait patiently with a flash. This mysterious voyager from the future, Carl Zoid Frontstuff, appears before them. That was radical. Which is slang we use in the future. I imagine it is nothing compared to your future technology, Mr. Frontstuff. And Shantae. And she extends a gloved hand for kissing. Uh, Carl Zoid takes the gloved hand and kisses it the appropriate amount. <laughs> oh. Vestavia, as he kisses you, you can't help but notice that 
He's not wearing a ring. Her eyes, like, curve to... They, like, telescope out ever so slightly and curve around to get a really good look at that ring finger. And it's like, (laughs) clean as a whistle, she says to herself. (gasps) There's not even a tan line. Never been ringed. Miss Vestavia, if I may be so bold, could you show me around your ship a little? I'd love to see all the old stuff you've got here. Oh, this old stuff? And she winks. I'm so sorry. I I don't know what came over me. Yes. It's okay. Yes, Captain Frontstuff, I would be honored to show you round the CSS Cavalier. It's just to me you all died hundreds of years ago. So it's like talking to ghosts. Oh. And skeletons with meat on them. Dr. Dewey grabs Gelmire and takes him aside for a second. Ah, Everyone's scaring me. What is it, Doctor? Gelmire, listen. I know that our friend from the future has said that he needs to protect us from knowledge from his time. But think about all the cool stuff he knows. I think while he's distracted by Vestavia's charms and our ship's museum-like quality, you and I try to get the goods on the latest achievements, technology, and maybe even sports scores so we can place a few bets. Dr. Dewey, that is amazeballs. Uh, he might even know about where our lives go if I become a captain, and if I implement any rules that get utilized uh, space-wide. Oh, that's so true, we should spoil the whole thing. I've lived long enough, I'm tired of surprises. But remember, we gotta be coy about it, because he said he doesn't want to give us that information willingly, so... We'll have to use all our cunning. Uh, yeah, if you don't mind, we'd love to join you on the tour. I mean, it'll be really exciting to see someone surprised by all the stuff that's just normal to us. Yes, I also would like you to be here, so I can keep secrets from you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this isn't gonna be easy. (laughs) A gentleman must have his secrets. I have always said and thought so. And if I haven't said it, then I have thought it. Anyway, let's start on the bridge. Please, that's where the coolest stuff is. I imagine. Wait, before the bridge... How about we take him to something that's definitely going to be uh, uh, discontinued before his time? How about the goo room? Describe this goo room. Oh, man. It's like a pool. It's like if there were two pools, but one was upside down on top of the other pool. And instead of water, it was goo. And you can choose which goo you want to go in. And it's the same goo, but one's up and one's down. We call it the goo room. It's kind of controversial, though, so I doubt it'll be around for that much longer. I'm familiar with it. We have it in our own time. It's used for perverts and their perversions. <laughs> wow. I guess perverts continue to have executive control over whether the guru is allowed to be around or not. <laughs> they do. It's distressing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like we're all well-versed in gurus, and I'm not sure that much will be gained from us going there. She's looking at Galmire. <laughs> I just want to show him a good time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the bridge now, which is where we're allowed to fire lasers from. To the bridge. Dr. Dewey, I got some information. They still have goo rooms. Nice one, Gelmire. And they still are run by perverts. We cut to the bridge. Ah, yes, the bridge of the CSS Cavalier. The beating, pulsing brain of the ship. Also, its eyes, in a way, and its mouth. <laughs> well, as uh, this is it, Carlzod. This is about where I plan to spend another mm, 20 to 50 years of my life. And he kind of he looks at him. Me, Dr. Thomas Dewey? I'm familiar with your name. Uh-huh. And your peshant for trying to learn about your future. Oh! You shan't learn it from me today, Doctor. Don. Carlzod, can you make a feelings roll for me? Ooh. Uh, yes, I can. Uh, my feelings roll is a four. That's a success. Over at the science station, Groomdo waves. <laughs> Hello! Greetings. What do you do? What do I do? Great question! I'm Groomdo, and right now I'm on the bridge to trying to shoot down stars with my lasers. That sounded like you were saying vasers and not phasers. Is there a difference? I imagine every word is different than every other word. That's something that I decided a long time ago. 
If this word means something, then it's a different word, it means a different thing. Now, some words mean close to the same thing, but by very- We pan away from Groom Death. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. And sorry about Dr. Dewey trying to figure out stuff about the past. Uh, but you got to admit, it is sort of tempting to- the idea that you could know about our futures, you know? I mean, would you really get in that much trouble if you just told us one little, tiny little thing? Oh, all of a sudden, Mr. Lysander don't care about the rules anymore. I, I, you're right. I do care about rules. Uh, I guess, I'm curious, is this rule that all time travelers are supposed to impart or just a personal rule that you're doing for yourself? To tell you that would be to reveal more about the future. Nice try, Gelmir. However, I have a curiosity about the past as much as you have a curiosity about the future. Perhaps you could explain to me how these weapons work precisely and in detail. In fact, if you had an extra one I could take home to show my future pals, I would be very grateful in the future. Oh, well, I myself do not carry such weaponry. Um... Maybe you carry a schematic of how those transporters work. Trans... what? Puzz? You know, that technology that brought me aboard this ship. Transporters beaming, what do you call it? Oh, we call that a teleporter. Transporter, teleporter, they're practically different languages. Yeah, well, they're different words, and I've always thought different words mean the different things traditionally. <laughs> transporter is a trilogy of movies. <laughs> but the man who drives a car, he's got a bald head and he does a lot of kicking. I've seen it. And you think that's what a teleporter is called? Oh yeah, well let me walk through uh, The Little Mermaid 2 on VHS. And, and Dr. Dewey starts to walk through a door. Dr. Dewey! <laughs> I'm just having fun. It's interesting cultural differences. And temporal. Language evolves over time and in my time. Apparently, transporter means teleporter. But Little Mermaid 2 on VHS has remained the same. That's crazy. It's very crazy. As crazy as how those teleporters work. Yeah, Carlzoid. I'd love to know more. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're happy to show you stuff around. Uh, it's really exciting, but I mean, you're asking some questions of things that are a bit above our pay grade to sort of show to someone who, frankly, won't tell us a lot about where he's from. So, we'll show you some cool stuff. I mean, the goo room is available to you. But lasers, uh, you call them teleporters, schematics, maybe that's not uh, what this tour is about. Yes, and some of this is Miss Bushnikova's territory. You don't know her, but she is not what you would call hospitable or eager to answer questions or available to talk to strangers or available to talk to me. So, um, I think maybe you'll just have to settle for, well, not the goo room, but surely there's other things, like the food printers. Those sound like food replicators. I guess so. Um, they, uh, no, they print. They don't replicate, okay? We take meat and we break it down to a molecular level, and then we can print anything we want out of it. Not replicate it. Then we just get meat again. Oh, let's show him how it can collate a hot dog. Let's collate hot dogs. Let's collate hot dogs. Get ourselves a snack. We cut to the mess of the CSS Cavalier. We call this the mess, even though it's tidy as a pin. Fascinating. History did not record that. Uh, what can I get you? Ask for anything you want. Um... A schematic of the food printer, please. <laughs> oh, sure. The short order crook, Murray, uh, just pulls a manual out from under the counter and tosses it over. Oh, Murray Thank had you. it all along. This is perfect. Gelmir turns to Dr. Dewey. Dr. Dewey, this is the second time he's asked for schematics, and he seems a lot more interested in, like, our technology than cool stuff like the Goo Room. Or Goo Room 2. Four goos. I don't know. I, it makes sense to me. If he's here on a research mission, why not get the documents? He's made me afraid to ask, what happened to all the documents in the future? Was there some sort of great space fire of the Library of Alexandria? Yeah, you know, like, like space version? 
Yeah, man, I've read the Bible. I know about the guy, about the, the, the library of Alexandria. <laughs> oh, of course you do. <laughs> Mr. Frontstuff, may I ask you a question about the future that has nothing to do with my own personal destiny? If you allow me to ask you a question first, which is the following. Are those two aware I can hear them? <laughs> <laughs> oh, who, Gelmire and Dr. Dewey? The hairy one and his buddy, yes. I suppose they're just joshing, <laughs> probably just joking around as they do. Carl Zoid, front stuff, uh, grabs the attention of the front order cook again and asks for some food. He says... I would like an ordinary hot dog from this time period, for I'm also interested in food and culture. Oh, uh, yeah, you want anything on it? Gold. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We hear the sound of the, the food printer working away, and then, with a ding, a hot dog covered in delicate gold leaf, nestled in a New England-style bun, griddled on both sides. Oh, now that's just wrong. This is approximately what I wanted. Thank you. What refined tastes you have. Indeed. It's better than normal sideways bun. <laughs> so at our time, uh, we have a hot dog with just gold or just ketchup. Gold and ketchup is a no-no. I'm sorry if I offended with my future tastes, but in my time, two condiments are not just allowable. They're de rigueur. <laughs> de rigueur. Oh, I do love a man with a continental vocabulary. Me too, which is why I developed it. Thank you. Vestavia, mm. make a feelings roll. Utter failure. Vestavia, you find yourself once again. That heart, it's going pitter-patter. <sighs> why do I feel like I'm getting nothing from this guy? She takes out her fan and she starts fanning herself again. She tries to catch, like her reflection in one of the stainless steel fridges in the mess. Okay. How's she looking? The beauty vitamins did their job. Vestavia, you're looking great. <sighs> yeah, she's feeling very, very flustered in that case. She can't, she's just not getting the attention she wants. This guy doesn't even seem interested in her. He's interested in hot dogs. <laughs> Make another feelings roll. Okay. That's more like it, a four. Vestavia, the thought occurs to you. Maybe... He's not into you because maybe you have a, a bond. Perhaps, somehow, Carlzoid front stuff is your, no, descendant? Oh. Vestavia stands fanning herself. She's looking in a, in a sort of uh, a confused frenzy at Carlzoid. Why isn't he bewitched by her at all? And then she notices the curl of his upper lip. The refined hairline, the bewitching cheekbones, they're familiar somehow. Oh, my lord. <gasps> What's the matter? Oh, nothing. What's your daddy's name? Mr. Frontstuff. All right. Um, and she kind of like walks away. <laughs> Please come back. <laughs> I know my voice makes me sound insincere in everything <laughs> I say, but I was enjoying our conversation. I uh, just give her some time. Sometimes she's got all these little romantic fantasies in her head that she needs to sort of let play out. In the meantime, we can show you more stuff around the ship. Uh, but before we do, hey, uh, can I get an orange juice? And can I also get a, a box of Pocky already opened about three-fourths full? Do you want uh, cookies and cream? Do you want uh, strawberry? <laughs> I would have guessed that. How about a please? Please, can I have an orange juice and some strawberry pocky already open about three-fourths left? I'm going to be a captain someday. <laughs> yeah, bet you oh, you know it might be fun to go to to show off a little bit? The Hollow Zone. Oh, yeah. Is that like a holodeck? A what? In my time, we called it a holodeck. It was a place, a deck, if you will, filled with holograms that would entertain you and do... Nude stuff, if you wanted. <laughs> oh, we've got the nude stuff, buddy. But it's a zone. It's a zone of nude stuff. Or clothes stuff, if you're perverted. While this conversation is happening, Vestavia has wandered over to another fridge. She's looking at her reflection, and then she's also looking at Carlzoid's distant reflection, and her eyes are just bouncing back and forth between them. Carly, you don't have to make a roll here, but yeah, Vestavia is like... 
you can't help but see you don't know you know you're you're sort of overcome like everything could be a clue everything could be nothing it's yeah. impossible to judge oh my i have an idea proceed while i definitely believe the hollow zone to be a worthwhile expedition i would be neglectful in my duties as a tour guide if i did not take you down to the morgue where i do my daily work what is your job exactly miss Vestavia? I am an assistant mortician. I help with stuffing. And is that done using some sort of technology? Of course it is, and I'd be happy to show you. That might interest an historian, I mean. As she's speaking, Carl Zoid is kind of noticing Vestavia for the first time as more than just an historical artifact, a ghost, a skeleton, and now seeing a woman. And he says... <laughs> Oh! <laughs> <laughs> that would interest me. Oh, wonderful. How about it, fellas? We go to the morgue first and then to the hollow zone as dessert? That sounds splendid. Carlzoid front stuff, I'm sure in the year 3000, you figure out immortality. Wouldn't it be neat to see what we do with our dead? Uh, Carlzoid, looking at Thomas Dr. Dewey, is noticing him for the first time. <laughs> And instead of a ghost or a skeleton, he sees a man. And he says, Indeed! <laughs> hey, notice this ring on my finger, buddy. <laughs> Dr. Dewey keeps walking. <laughs> what is that ring made out of? <laughs> this way, Captain Frontstuff. And Vestavia guides them towards the direction of the morgue. Yeah, and it is right next to the mess, so <laughs> it's a quick jaunt. <laughs> uh, Vestavia, what do we see? What's the morgue like? Everything is whatever the space-aged version of stainless steel is. It's it's like pearlescent. It is super clean, crisp lines. Uh, everything is gleamingly clean in this room. There's a troubling wall of drawers with um, tags coming out of them. They are all carefully labeled. There are jars of uh, formaldehyde. There are uh, trays of bright, clean tools. There are boxes of gloves. And Vestavia brings the group over to her little workstation, which is festooned with trays of tools, gloves, and a, a jar of swabs. Jeez, Vestavia, <laughs> there's so much stuff in here. I bet you have a lot of systems, protocols, and rules to make this a uh, safe space to work. I think that's pretty cool. Oh, um, as a matter of fact, I do. Otherwise, you could be branded as a war criminal. Con yeah, exactly. If we don't follow the rules and there are consequences like it should be um sure uh now mr front stuff uh captain front stuff i i wanted to demonstrate some of this technology we have thank you i was wondering if you could demonstrate how that drawer opens over there and he points to a one of those drawers with the label it away from uh where they're standing and as everyone turns he pockets one of the tools off the table into his pants pocket very discreetly. I'm not, I'm not seeing it. Uh, what drawer? The one over there. There's so many drawers. There? The uh, Carl Sloyd, can you actually make a lasers roll for me? Yeah, I can. <laughs> it is a one. That's a success. Yeah, no one That's notices. success. Oh, great. Perfect. I know what I'm doing. I think the Savian knows that tray pretty well. And I wonder if I could do a roll to see if she would notice. Vestavia, we are in your place of work. This is your skill. I will allow you to make a feelings roll with advantage. Okay. A prepared feelings roll, if you will. Okay. That was a failure. Okay. And that was my laser feelings. There's like a... Um, I picture like a little animated outline where the tool used to be. <laughs> <laughs> First, there's like an animated exclamation point above your head. You know, there's like a Metal Gear, like alert, like something's yeah. amiss. And your eyes laser, laser like, you know, with, with extreme focus, whip around and notice something's not right. Um, for the first time in her life, she sweats from her upper lip. <laughs> strange um before i show you the drawers uh whichever ones you'd like to look at 
uh, that have signed a release. I was wondering if I could demonstrate this swab for you. Proceed. Thank you. Um, Vesavia quickly takes two clean swabs out of the jar. They are obviously wrapped for sanitation. They are brand new out of the packaging. She uh, carefully peels away the plastic protection from one and says, open up and say, oh. Ah. And she very quickly swishes the swab into uh, the uh, inside of Front Stuff's cheeks. She then puts it in a vial of blue liquid and then says, I'll show you. It's easy and safe. See? Ha <laughs> ha. And she swabs the inside of her own mouth and puts it in another vial of blue liquid. She then turns her back, quickly shakes the vials as two skinny pieces of metallic paper corks them and then she opens what looks like a tiny little refrigerator and pops the vials in there slamming it shut all right let's look at those drawers you truly are amazing people here in the past wait drawers i can't see them <laughs> uh vesavia takes everyone over to the wall of drawers and says You'll notice that the corpses who in their life have signed consent forms to be posthumously poked at are labeled with a little green sticker. Have fun. And she's going to walk back to the uh, station where the um, machine is processing her lab work. Okay, Carl. So, I, so green means go. So we can do this one. Oh, finally. An excellent choice. Gelmir, the drawer you open belongs to a familiar face. What? <gasps> this drawer, of course, holds the remains of Captain Cal's sisters. <gasps> oh. Who is this colorful character? Gummer slams it shut. Sorry, I shouldn't have shown you that one. I don't think even I was ready to see that one. I, you can probably tell all over my face. It's not worth lying. It's that was that's our old captain. Ah. And you see, back in this time. Captains are cremated and kept in vials. Everyone else gets stuffed. It's part of the privilege of being in charge. I, of course, was aware of that because your captain died in my history books. It was very sad, was it not? Yeah, it was pretty sad. In fact, ever since he died, we've been sort of, as a community, taking leadership responsibilities as a team. Sometimes some people are in charge, sometimes others. It doesn't always work, but I think it's the way the captain would have wanted it. He hated being <laughs> replaced. Sometimes they even let me run the hyperwarp drives. Indeed. How do those work, do you think? I know how they work, but I want to see if you know it, because the history books are unspecific on this matter, and I'd love to have it cleared up. Me too. For history's sake. I'm not an engineer. I'm an ear, nose, and throat doctor. I wasn't there by mistake, and because we have no leadership, they just let me stay there for about 16 hours, pushing buttons, letting people warp in. Hm. Vestavia, you're not paying attention to this conversation, though, because you're back at that table, and we hear a whir and a ding as some results come in on a little machine on your desk. Results which you, with great trepidation, begin to review. However... <gasps> It will have to wait because no. in just the, <laughs> because in just that moment, Vestavia, all your attention turns to the comms panel as a mysterious and unknown voice crackles across it. Alert! Alert! Vessel designate CSS Cavalier has been found in violation of temporal regulations. Time quarantine in effect. What does it mean? Ah! She quickly tucks the two vials back into the little fridge machine um, mm -hmm. and turns the cycle off and then goes to, um, <laughs> she doesn't want it to get spoiled, and then she goes to answer the comms. Vestavia, you are greeted with an unusual face. This person seems like, I don't know, like they're out of a different time. Their hair is like made from voxels. It's like kind of blocky. And they are a an ever-shifting spectrum of colors. Indigo, violet, purple. It, it's always changing every time you, <laughs> you shift. Their eyes are have clearly been replaced by human-like cybernetic implants. Oh, um, how do you do? Hello. Oh. I'm notifying you that I will be boarding your craft. Oh, well, um... I 
don't know if that's allowed. We already have one visitor. Before you even have a chance to say anything more, Vestavia, there's a tap on your shoulder. Ah! It's this person that was on the comms screen a moment ago. They teleported in an instant. How did you do that? I cannot disclose. What? It, uh, all the men on this ship today. Forgive me. Due to Time Law Alpha Prime, I must be reserved. Time Law Alpha what? You must understand, I am from the future. During all of this, Carlzoid is slowly walking backwards out of the room. <laughs> oh, hey, Carlzoid's from the future. Carlzoid, meet this guy. He's probably from a similar time, or at least more similar to our time. Uh, hello, fellow time travelers. So it's you, then? No. I said hello, fellow, comma, time traveler. <laughs> what do you want, fellow? Carl's right out. I come from the temporal directorate of the Cyber Concilium. Indeed. Far, far in the future. It is our mission and our duty to protect the timeline at all costs. You understand when someone breaches the walls, the flow of time, it can cause radical cataclysmic changes across the past, the present, and the future. If someone alters the timeline in an irresponsible, radical way, it can destroy hundreds of billions of lives. You're right. In order to protect the timeline, I can tell you very little about the future. I can, however, share my name for the purposes of effective communication. My name is Vestavio Chesterfield V. Oh. <laughs> Have we finally done it? Has my thousand-year cryosleep ended and we've arrived at Rigel 7 to find a new home for humanity? No. Our pods opened early. Sorry, dude. I was just a child when mine opened decades ago. Now, <laughs> I'm all grown up. I remember you. Joe, the young sweet child. Gosh. Well, are we close to Rigel 7, humanity's new home? Uh, not quite. Yeah... We won't reach Rachel 7 for another 642 years. My God, I might never live to see that. What have you been doing to pass the time? Well, we've been listening to this podcast called Oh, These, Those Stars of Space. With Allie Fisher? Yeah, it's great. Only, I've listened to all the main feed episodes already. Have you checked out the Patreon feed? Uh, at patreon.com slash oh, these, those stars of space? No. What's there? <laughs> Chris, only a ton of full-length Patreon-exclusive episodes. Real episodes? Like with Liberty Balboa and Dr. Dewey? Yeah, exactly. <sighs> what, I have to pay like a thousand credits a month to get access to that? No, dude. Only five Earth dollars a month. <gasps> well, that's a deal. I only wish I had woken up from that cryopod sooner. <laughs> Yay! Our three heroes never lived to reach Rigel 7, but they died sometime later, happy and fulfilled by many exciting Patreon episodes of Oh These, Those Stars of Space and Oh These, Those Chats of Show, the monthly chat show where they answer patron questions. Join them, won't you? But, but, but what... Vestavia? I'm sorry, I can say nothing more. Vestavia, uh, in a stunned silence, goes over to her station to get another swab. <laughs> <laughs> Vestavio, uh, you know what? This is all my fault. I've been... Indeed. <laughs> what you were saying about the rules of the Temporal Directorate made me realize that I've been trying to break these rules the whole time just so I can get a little... Reflected glory about my future captainhood. I see I'm doing it again. I'm sorry. I was asking our time-traveling friend over here to tell us more stuff about my life. And uh, Gelmir turns to Carlzoid. I'm sorry. You made your boundaries very clear, and I've been pushing them and pushing them and pushing them. And I guess at the end of the day, that was kind of Pisces of me. 
Listen, sir, I totally understand. The desire to gain this knowledge is great to anyone. Oh, um... But this is one rule that wasn't made to be broken, uh-huh. Um, pardon me, would you like a complimentary swab? No. Oh, would you like a mandatory swab? <laughs> no, you see, based on the future, even my genetic information could prove catastrophic in this time. All right. I suppose I don't need the swab. And she's, um, she's looking at her reflection in a nearby exam table and then looking at Vestavio. He's looking right at you. <laughs> you just see, you just see him making eye contact with you through the reflection. <laughs> Did you need something over there? Oh, just checking to make sure there's no puddles. Smart. Anyways, he turns back to Gelmeyer. If you agree that it's you that has caused these time alerts, then if you'd come with me, I can place you in chronocarceration and uh, we can let the rest of the ship leave temporal quarantine. Oh, please, you mustn't do that. He didn't. Gelmeyer, he loves rules. He wouldn't break them. Gelmeyer. Oh. Oh, you're right. Sorry. I mean, Mr. Lysander. No, no, no. Right now, I'm just normal Gelmeyer Lysander. I'm not a captain yet, and I'm not going to know if I will be until I am or not. Uh, sorry. I must sound like a big buffoon to you all. No, no, not at all. No. Well, I'll tell you what, it isn't me. I've been trying to get all sorts of details out of this guy, Carlzoid, who says he's from the year 3000, and he won't crack. He won't let me know if I die at 70 or 80 or younger or older, which is bullshit. We've all been traveling through time today who's to say who is to blame you me okay i say it's gelmir <laughs> he's to blame carlzoid i mean look i've been trying to get information from you but you're the one who's actually been traveling through time we've been just trying to show you a good time remember the goo deck i yes and i remember learning nothing when we didn't go there Right. And I remember eating a hot dog and learning nothing. And then visiting the dead people room where I took nothing and learned nothing. And that's where we are now. Um, pardon oh. me. <laughs> so just so I'm clear, you all belong in this time. Is that correct? No, 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 no. Yes. No. Car Carlzoid. <laughs> Who's to say? Carlsoid, what, what got you so jokey all of a sudden? You're from the year 3000. You've been making us take you on tour. You've been asking about our lasers, our schematics, our food printers, our hollow decks, our no, hollow zone. That's what he calls them. We call them a hollow zone. You call the hollow zones a hollow deck? He does, yeah. It's so funny. I mean, I've always thought different words mean different things, but in this case, it seems like they kind of mean the same thing. Also, when we had to phase him over, he was like, beam us over. It, it, words mean different things to different times to different people. That's why I always thought. Who can say what the past I'm was? I'm sorry. It's I'm sorry. This gentleman here is probably thinking of the far future technology that is used by the Klingons. Is that correct? Uh, um, and, the, and the Romulans? What's the right answer here? Um, Vestavia is inching back towards her station to review the test results from earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, Klingon? But that's like a type of Tupperware. And Romulan? That's like a type of Tupperware. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, in the year 2050, whenever Tupperware became genericized, there was a war between the different brands of Tupperware. You had Klingons, Vulcans, Romulans. The Borg. Cardassians, <laughs> of course. Oh, I prefer the Borg Tupperware. <laughs> But you know what? I also like Jedi Tupperware. <laughs> oh, that's great for soup. No, we're not talking about Tupperware at all. What I'm referring to is vocabulary from a media franchise of the 20th and early 21st centuries. A huh? moment, please. <laughs> and Carlzoid grabs Galmir Vestavia, Dr. Thomas Dewey, pulls him into a corner just out of earshot of the temporal inspector. Just one moment. Just a quick aside. You don't need to listen. Fair enough. Okay. You see this guy power off his ears. I think I fucked this one a little, fellows. 
fellows. Estavia, you included. Oh. Gender neutral fellows. I need to level with you. There's a chance that I may not be from the year 3000. There's a chance I'm from the year 2019. And here, Carlzoid looks at the inspector, then undoes his vest, and he reveals a t-shirt that says, 2020 is going to rule. Nothing's going to go bad. I got this shirt to celebrate the coming year 2020. But at the store, this time machine arrived from the future, and these bird-like aliens came out, and they left. Or maybe I tripped them, and they were knocked out, and... Then I got to their ship and I visited futures trying to get technologies to bring back to our time, but all the futures I went to were post-apocalyptic until I chose this time frame and found you and I thought, I will take some cool stuff and bring it back and invent it and get all the credit and then maybe avoid those apocalypses. And now this jabroni is going to ruin everything. So what I propose is you let me leave with some cool stuff, beam me back to my ship, and I'll fix all of this in the past, I promise. Phase you back. <laughs> Whatever. I, I, I got my terms from Star Trek. And the thing is, in my time, I am not as cool as I appear here. You have to understand. Star Trek? I, my name isn't even Carlzoid front stuff. It's Carl front stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a failed streamer. I'm a... Volcel, but I'm sad about it. I, I, I need something to to make me better. And I thought technology from the future would be it. I'm asking for help, friends. Wait, Carlzoy or Carl? I. So you haven't heard of us? We're not famous <laughs> in the future. I mean, maybe I'm from years, centuries before you were born. So possibly you rule. I don't. I. So you inflated our ego without substance. That's dangerous, I man. I mean, no, no. I looked at you and I thought, these guys rule. I can <laughs> no, tell just from a no. glance. Stop, man. Enough of your manipulations. You've pulled a fast one on me for the last time. Vestavio. Vestavio. Me? Oh, sorry. It's off by one ladder. Yeah, <laughs> the one that matters. The vowel. <laughs> Vestavio looks struck. <laughs> Vestavio, this is the guy you're looking for. His, his ears are still turned off. Uh, Vestavia, uh, Gelmir, um, uh, sort of, uh, Hold Gelmir. on, Gelmir. Leave it <laughs> yes. to the experts. <laughs> and Dr. Dewey, ear, nose, and throat doctor, approaches Vestavio with an expert hand with 12 years of medical training, not to mention all of that time as an intern, resident, etc., private practice he turns the ears back on before you do Vestavio Chesterfield V grabs your wrist and it does a body slam ow spice Jesus Christ quickly he turns his ears back on you should never approach a man's ears like that well in this timeline I'm allowed to I'm an ear nose and throat doctor Dr. Dewey Dr. Thomas Dewey yes Oh, um, yes, of, of, well, very well. And, and Vestavio Chesterfield, like, very gingerly, like, helps you up carefully, brushes off your lab coat. Yeah, yeah, listen, it's all butter under the bridge if you just tell me when I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Oh, shit, I could tell you're real affected by it. That's a bummer for me. I don't see how it is a bummer, Dr. Dewey. If he's mourning you, it means you were loved. Carl Zoid is again creeping back towards the door. <laughs> Vestavia's eyes dart towards him. Then they dart towards the two vials she's been clutching secretly in her hands. Um, Joe, can she... Has the lab work finished? Can she read the results? Vestavia, yes. <gasps> and it's not the answer you were quite expecting, Vestavia, for... Carlzoid friend stuff is not your descendant. You are his. She switches the vials positions in her hands. <laughs> uh, oh, um, uh, she looks at Carl with renewed determination and she says, this way. And she, um, she ushers him out the door. Excuse me. You're excused. 
Wait, wait, no, wait, wait, where are you going? Vestavia, you're breaking the rules. Uh, this guy's in trouble, so we gotta enforce him being in trouble. I'm sorry, I can't. Um, and she's gonna run with Carl towards the teleportation room. Someone arrest that caveman. <laughs> Carl's uh, running alongside Vestavia. He's still got that scalpel he took in the morgue in his pocket. And as he runs, the movement is bringing it closer and closer to cutting his genitals <laughs> clean off. <laughs> Carl, make it's, a laser roll. It's so close to his fence <laughs> deference. <laughs> uh, I got a two. What's your number? Two. Ooh. That's a laser feelings roll. Carl, you can ask me a question. Any good question? I was going to ask, is my dick going to make it? That's not a very useful question. <laughs> That's um, the standard question, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the manual. Is there anything in my time ship that would let me sabotage their time ship? Wow. Ooh. We got a true antagonist on our hands. Carl, you realize that, you know, a lot of the technology is almost like magic to you, right? It's so far advanced. You barely understand mm -hmm. how any of it works in the little time shit you stole from those space birds. There were a few very clear warnings that they took great pains to spell out. And one of them was that if you make a time jump directly next to another time vessel, why, you'll render it inoperable. Okay, so they're running. <laughs> and the scalpel is not in danger of uh, culling your vast difference. <laughs> Yeah, the scalpel actually shifted in your pocket, and now it's it's Perfect. safely <laughs> now it's just only in danger leg. of cutting your thigh. <laughs> and Carlzoid knows that he's got this opening to get to the disabled. The thought occurs to you as you're running down the hall. Vestavia! Yes, Carl! We share an unspoken bond that may be sexual, but maybe isn't. It's impossible for me to say. <laughs> it isn't, I promise! Well, how can you be so sure? This running, the blood pumping. I feel something beside you. Oh, um, I think I know what that might be. Uh, she pauses and firmly grips him by the shoulders and says, I know what you did in the lab. Please empty out your pockets. Okay. And Carl pulls out a uh, shiny future scalpel, a little blinking light on it to tell you it's futuristic. And uh, with some chagrin, he puts it in Vestavia's hand and says, Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. She places it in one of her many pockets, then grabs him and turns a corner towards teleportation room four, where he entered the ship. The door's open. You run into the teleportation room, Vestavia. You gotta get out of here. I did not make it mysterious where I was going with you. <laughs> Why are you helping me? Well, I suppose it's okay for you to have this. It's yours after all. And she presses his vial into his hand. This is the vial of my DNA you took earlier. I'm familiar. We have that in 2019. You'll understand someday. I would prefer to understand now, please. Uh, sh she's that way. She's that way. Vestavia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. Vestavia <laughs> shakes her hand. She presses her hand over Carl's mouth and says, rules are rules. I can't tell you. And then she pushes him into a teleporter. She slams her gloved hand on the button. Get out of here! Scram! Get! I'll always remember you. <laughs> Carl, you're back on the time ship. What do you do? So Carl is going to frantically work the controls to try to get his ship to maneuver next to the other time ship. He thinks that if he can disable this ship, he can still pull this out and get back in time with the food printer schematics he's still got in his pocket <laughs> that Vestavia forgot about. Amazing. Good, I say. We should have had that technology by now. Ryan's <laughs> character, Carlzoid, is the hero of us, the listener. <laughs> so Carl uh, is familiar enough with the controls, apparently, to uh, get the ship side by side, and he's powering up the time circuits that he's used before. Just as you do, we cut back to the teleportation room. Vestavio, Gelmir, Dr. Dewey, they run in. Where is he? What have you done? I just sent him back where he belongs. Honest, I didn't do nothing wrong. Sent him back where he belongs? No, 
You sent him back when he belongs. And he runs to the window, seeing the two time ships in too close proximity. And one, why, it's powering up. <gasps> Vestavia is making eye contact with Vestavio through the reflection in the window. <laughs> Vestavio. Yes. Did you know that any one of those stars out there could be a sun, just like the one we had on planet Earth? <laughs> you you like work in space, right? <laughs> I just uh-huh. found out that the sun and stars are the same thing. I guess you're really focused on um, medicine, <laughs> Dr. Dewey. Yes, but only for the holes of the face. And as he says that, Carl Zoid's time ship flashes away. We watch as a ripple of temporal energy, tachyons, blast across the hull of the Cavalier and Vestavio's time ship. We see it short and sizzle with electricity and power down. Oh, um, oopsie. Later. (laughs) Vestavia, what the hug? You broke the rules. You know that's something that's important to all of us. I I did not. I put things back where they belonged. That guy needs to be punished. The rule was he's punished for breaking the law. That's something I believe in. I thought you were like that. And how do you know he's going back to his time, Vestavia? Exactly. I, I just have to trust him. I have to. I'm sorry. I can't tell you why. I promise I would if I could. And he didn't have any future technology on his hands? I don't think so. I have my little scalpel. He thought I didn't see him taken from my table. I always know when something's been taken from my table. <laughs> All right, so... I'm going to need your help. We're going to have to take some ads out in several newspapers. Uh, I'm going to need you to go to a couple of specific places in the universe that have, you know, very stable plate tectonics. Uh, so I can leave some some stone markers with instructions for the future to come back and get me. It's probably going to take a couple weeks, but uh, well, you let him get away. So I'm sort of your problem now. Vestavia looks deep into his eyes with some might say motherly affection and says, I don't think of you as a problem. Blink. Sometimes people are named in honor of people they're not related to. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, that's a nice fact to share, I suppose. We cut (laughs) (laughs) to the time ship of Carl Zoid, front stuff. Carl, where are you headed? When are you headed? I'm headed back to 2019. With my food printer and nothing else. (laughs) We fade and see a montage of Carl Zoid. No, Carl returning to 2019, showing the food printer plans to a series of professors and engineers and venture capitalists and... Check it out, bitches. (laughs) All of them being completely flummoxed and confused. It's just too advanced for anyone to really make heads or tails of. But... It spurs him on. Eventually, we see him win grants to explore this strange science. This confidence allows him to pursue a career in discovering future technology that, well, isn't, you know, isn't timeline changing, but is nonetheless remarkable. We see him proudly one day on social media announce he will no longer be a vol cell. (laughs) People don't really know how to respond, but... You know, he gets a few likes, and then one day... I'm ready to fuck. (laughs) One day starts a family. Crime pays. (laughs) I got cool technology, and I got to have sex. Hey, Dad? Um, some kids at Son? Some kids are saying... Sorry, I keep interrupting you, son. (laughs) It's okay. I respect you. It is the father's right to interrupt the son, and it's the son's right to listen. But... Some kids at school were saying that you're a vole something? Not anymore, son. Let's just say I took a trip one day and met some very peculiar friends. And they didn't help me much, but I stole from them. And that made my life easier. And then one day you came along. And I think that explains everything. This is the most you've ever talked to me. I love you, Dad. (laughs) You're welcome, Vestavio. No! (laughs) 
What adventure lies next amongst, oh these, those stars of space? Oh these, those stars of space stars Ali Fisher, Branson Reese, Carly Minardo, Christopher Hastings, Tim Platt, and Joe Lepore as everything and everyone else. Special thanks to our guest Ryan North, whose latest work includes danger and other unknown risks and how to take over the world. Also, something I'm told is called the Fantastic Four. Oh, These Those Stars of Space is edited by Sam Grant, sound designed by Joe Lepore, and produced by Joe Lepore at Bucket of Milk. Our theme and additional music is composed by Huge Today. Thanks as always to our Rear Admiral, Lucas Wagner. See you next time, Cosmic Voyagers, for another story from Oh, These Those Stars of Space. <laughs>